Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not with what we can see. Our fight is against what we cannot see. I do my best to stay out of the social highway that everybody travels. I do my best not to be aware of the chatter nor the conversation that swirls around me or around church, the Bible, and that kind of thing. But as your pastor, when I'm praying and I'm meditating and I'm like alone and I'm just isolated sometimes to my, to my headset and God's word and is reading to me and I'm praying, sometimes I can feel the fight. I just don't know what the fight is. I feel the ominous presence of a real devil, a real God, and a real fight. It is the unseen that you just don't know where is this coming from. It's like being in the dark and somebody slapping you and not knowing what direction it came from. And I feel such a a burden for our families. I feel such a burden for you men. And I'm not going to dismiss the ladies tonight, but wives, I want you to start praying. Because men... The rise or the fall of your family and the next generation rest in your lap. We need to be done with the generation of husbands and fathers who run to the shadows. We need you to step up into the light. I want to talk tonight, preach tonight on the tale of two fathers. The tale of two fathers. I'm not asking you tonight to run to the altar, but I am asking your heart to fall to your knees and, and ask God, God... Am I being that kind of father? God, what kind of father am I? Ladies, if you're here and you are not yet married, always remember this, to what spiritual degree you enter into marriage. Whoever you marry, he's going to be the father. He's going to be the leader of your home. And you have to ask yourself this question. What, what kind of man do I want to marry? Young men, please, please put God first in your life. Put God foremost in your life. Make God primary in your life. Your occupation may come on a hundred different levels, but don't let your identification be where you work. Let your identification be, I am a man of God, and God reigns supreme in my life. Be men of integrity. Quit ye like men, the Bible says. What that means is walk like men, act like men. And men, tonight um, we're going to look at the tale of two fathers. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have given us your word not by happenstance or evolution. You've given us your word by design. Forever, O Lord, thy word was settled in heaven, which means that you already put the principles and the practicalities and the commands in your book. You packaged it. That as we arrive here in 2022 and the culture that we're living in, Lord, your word is relevant. Your word is right on time. 
You're very clear in your word that you've given us the stories of the Old Testament about our spiritual forefathers. These were written for our ensamples that we might not provoke you, God, to knowingly do something that is against the word of God is flying in the face of an almighty God. And Lord, any time that you decide to live life without you, God, it's never going to turn out right. And Lord, I ask, Lord, I lift up, I give to you the men of this church. I pray for a hedge of protection around the young fathers, those who right now carry their children back and forth to the car. They hold their tiny little hands as they walk up and down the hallways. They carry the cradles. They change the diapers. They help their wives, and they look down into the face of an innocent one. Oh, I pray for the fathers who have teenagers. I pray for that father who now their son and their daughter has grown and it's been years now since they've had to bathe them and dress them and caretake for them and feed them. God, I pray for them that they would not be deceived right now. Oh God, we live in such a battle for manhood, for fatherhood, that Lord, on this Father's Day, you knew exactly what needed to be preached tonight. I thank you for working in my spirit over the last 24, 48 hours. And God, I ask that all the men in this room, including myself, would take into account what is going on. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The tale of two fathers, Genesis chapter 18, verse number 19. You're going to find that the first father we're going to talk about is Abraham. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19, it says this, and for I know him. This is God talking about Abraham, for I know him that he will, what is the next word please? Command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. There was a blessing coming to Abraham. There was a blessing that was climbing up through the lineage of Abraham. God does not call us the children of Aaron. God does not call us the children of Moses. God calls us the children of Abraham. There is a reason for that because the blessing of Abraham wants to trickle down into your life because the day you got saved, the day you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that we were grafted in and we became the spiritual children of Abraham. And everything that God promised Abraham is ours to claim spiritually because those blessings are resting. You want to know why you have favor right now? It's not because you're that good. It's because God's that great. You are living proof that God has kept his word to Abraham. How, many, how much stuff do we have that we don't even know how we got? Come on now. How, how, many, how many handfuls of purpose fall into your lap? And you're like, how did that happen? How do you get promoted? You know how you get promoted? Blessings of Abraham. 
Don't, don't discount the fact that when we, have, we serve a great big God. So when he's talking about this first father, he's saying, I know him, talking about Abraham, and I know the kind of father he's going to be, and I know that these children will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Go to Genesis 19, verse 14. And, and, and if you could back me off of here just enough because I feel like that I'm too loud. Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 14. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, this is the second father, which married his daughters and said, up, get you out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city. Look at it. But he seemed as one that did what please? Mocked unto his sons-in-law. Here you have the tale of two fathers. Here you have Abraham. He commanded his family. Lot confused his family. Abraham was leading his family into the blessing. Lot was leading his family away from the blessing. Every husband and father must take seriously your spiritual obligation for your family. Dads, listen to this. This is big time. God did know what he was doing when he made you a man and he didn't make you a woman. And by the way, God's not confused about your gender. God's not sitting in heaven going, boy, look at him. He can cook. Man, blew that. He should have been a woman. God's not confused about your gender. He's not looking at you ladies going, man, look at her climb a tree and go, mm, should have made him a man. No. God made you exactly the gender he needs to be. And men, that when he made you a man, guess what he made you to do? Lead. He meant for us to step up. But there's two fathers here. Every husband, you have to take it seriously. It's your obligation. And always remember this. If you won't spiritually lead your family, your family will be spiritually led by the culture around them. If you don't break through the vortex of this, of, of, of this force, of this cultural Christianity and this cultural religiosity, and if you don't step to the forefront of your family, your family will be spiritual but it won't be according to the Jehovah you've been raised on. Go to Jeremiah 44, and, uh, and I wrote down these verses. I was sitting on the front row just a moment ago. But if you go, down, go to Jeremiah chapter 44, I want you to notice that in Jeremiah 44, this, this idolatry that existed. I, I want you to notice this. The idolatry is huge. In fact, when you get to Isaiah, they start stair-stepping to Malachi. And by the way, single mamas, God bless you. God bless all the single mamas who are having to fulfill two roles. And I, and I would hate to think that a single mama is more of a spiritual leader, sir, than you are. Time to step up. You say, are you talking to me? I'm talking to anybody who's listening to me. Look what it says in Jeremiah 44, 15. Then all the men which, are you there? Jeremiah 44, 15, look at it. Then all the men which, then all the men which, that their wives had burned incense unto other gods. And all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt, and Pathros answered Jeremiah, saying, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto you. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the 
Are y'all there? Queen of heaven. And to pour out drink offering unto her, as we have done, we and our fathers and our kings and our princes in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. For then had we plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. But since we left off to burn to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by famine. And when we burned incense unto the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make cakes for her to worship her and poured out drink offerings unto her? Look at the prepositional phrase. Without our what? Did y'all men look at that? Without our men. A lady wants spirituality. And if a lady can't find that spirituality from her husband, she will find it from somebody in the world around her. And the reason when ladies get bent to serve the queen of heaven and not the God Jehovah, men, you're done. I'm done. Because we must remember, either we step up and lead our family or our families will be led. And the reason you're in church tonight means you get it. You say, Pastor, you're preaching to the choir. I know. I'm preaching to myself. Men, if there ever was a time that we have to step up and lead, it is now. Because the last thing you want to do is walk into the kitchen of your marriage and walk into the kitchen of your home and to find your wife creating cakes to the queen of heaven and spiritually going down a path that you can't get her back from and you can't get your family back from. God bless every husband who says, no, we're going that way for the Lord Jesus Christ. And God bless every single mama who goes, no, we are going that way for the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless my godly grandmother who looked at my whoremongering grandfather and said these children are going to be in church you can go to the bars on saturday night and you can sleep in and be a drunken man but i'm taking these kids and i'm going to the house of god men the tale of two fathers go back to genesis if you will so this is why you have abraham and you have lot you have Abraham, he commanded his children. You have Lot, he confused his children. You have Abraham, he did justly. You have Lot, he did unjustly. You have Abraham walking in the blessings of God. Lot was walking in the blessings of what he saw. Abraham was walking in the blessings by faith. Lot was walking in the blessings that he saw. When a husband starts failing, when a father starts failing, they either are failing from a position of selfishness. They're either doing what they want to do. I don't want to go to church tonight. I'm going to stay home. I don't want to be a giver and a tither. I'm going to keep my money. They're doing what, ple what pleases them. Their next move is pleasure. Their next move is what helps the family uh, love life, a position of selfishness. Or they're doing it from a position of spite. You see, when a father says, I bet you that I can turn out for the Lord and not do it the Bible way. And there are husbands all over this country that spitefully said, no, 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 no. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. And I don't need the book to tell me what to do. I can step out and I can have that kind of marriage. Listen, nobody has that kind of marriage and nobody has that kind of family without the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody does. And if this was just a men's meeting, it was just us men here, I would be telling you men right now, go home, step up, 
Follow God by faith. Don't follow him by sight. And let's get this things done. And then women, get out of the kitchen. If this was a women's meeting, I'd go to Jeremiah 44 and say, get out of that kitchen for the queen of heaven and get back down to the house of God and let God show you by faith we are okay. You can't base if this is right based on result. This is right based on faith. Because whether we're going good or we're going bad, it's still right. You know what they said there in Jeremiah 44? They said, well, when we did it your way, we had nothing. When we did it the queen of heaven way, we had everything. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because we are basing whether or not this is the right way by what we see rather than by faith that pleases him. The tale of two fathers, men, please. Let's go walk through these, if you will. Go to Genesis chapter 18, Abraham. I'm going to give you the tale of the two fathers, and then I'm going to give you the game plan at the very end on this Father's Day. Fathers, can I come to you and let you know that God has made you the right gender? God has saved you at the right time. God has put you with the right family. God has put you in the right place. And God believes in you that you will step up and you will be Abraham and not Lot. Abraham, Genesis 18, 19, for I know him, that he will, what please, command his children, in his household. God said this about him, I know what kind of man Abraham is. Abraham will do justice. Abraham will do judgment. Justice is doing rightness well. Judgment is, is, is declaring a verdict, a sentence, or a formal decree for what is right. Abraham stepped out and he did right well, and Abraham stepped out and he made the verdict. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things, what please? Hope for the evidence of things not seen. The reason God and Abraham were like that, and God called Abraham a friend. He says he looked at Abraham one day, and the New Testament confirms this, what I'm about ready to tell you. He looked at Abraham and said one day, you go to that city. He didn't even know where he was going. He didn't even know what was going to happen. But guess what Abraham said? Yes, sir. Now, we joked about it this morning about men being last-minute planners. How about looking at your wife and going, we're moving. And your wife going, to where? I don't know. I just know we're not supposed to be here. Pack the house up. Where are we moving? I don't know. We'll figure that out as we get down the road. Ain't one of you wives, if I could use East Texas slang, ain't one of you wives that would look at your husband and go, I trust you, dear. And anything you say, dear, is what we're going to do, dear, because you've never led me astray ever. Do you know what you husbands would say? I need to know the town, the demographic, the geography. I need a real estate agent. I, I need to see where we're going to live. And don't give me this God will provide. Do you, do you know what God said about Abraham? I know that father. That father I know. 
In fact, if you'll take your Bibles, let's look at what kind of father this was. Go to Genesis 12, 1. Very quickly, we're going to walk through the book. This is the tale of the first father. How come the Lord knew Abraham and he knew this is that father? And men, here's the father that we need to be. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Look at the justice and the judgment of Abraham. And this is why God in Genesis 18 could declare this. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. The first thing he had, this is the kind of father, faith. Faith. You don't need to prove to me. I got faith. Do, do you have a resume? I got faith. Do you have a budget? I got faith. Do you have a game plan? I got faith. And let me tell you what a, what a wife is truly looking for. She's looking for a husband that just steps out and says, I'm following what the Lord wants me to do. Will you get in behind me and will you follow me for what the Lord wants us to do? You know what God said? I know that man. I know that man because when I asked him to go to a city, he had no idea. He said, yes, sir, a man of faith. Go to Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 7. 13 verse number 7. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzites dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, let there be what please? No strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen. For we, now this is going to be very important for later on, but I want you to say the last word of that verse out loud. Ready? For we be what? Brethren. Lot's going to change brethrens before too long. But Abram said this, we don't need to be at strife. Men, if you're going to be Abraham, but you're constantly associated with drama, you're not a father Abraham. Because Abram said this, no strife. We don't do strife. We don't do strife. Please, men, let's step up and have faith in God. Let, let's step up and have be, be that, 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 that husband and that father and that man in our society that says this, we don't want any strife. I think it was a blight. I think it was a condemnation in our country on January 6th when men stormed the Capitol. And I want to stand up for the majority of Americans who never would have desecrated our capital like that. You're looking at one man who is against what those people did on January 6th. And if you say, well, pastor, I think they did right. Then with all due respect, go to another church because your pastor doesn't think they did right. If you listen to me, God works it all out. Did y'all hear that? God works it all out. And, and, and Abraham said this, we're not having any strife. Now, let's not have any strife. But, boy, that got, that got kind of quiet right there. I think I'm going to need to pull out my political soapbox and just go to town. Because you listen to me, it is wrong to go against the government of the United States of America. And y'all getting ready to have a, a militia? Just a second, I need to... Amen, preacher. Praise God. But Abram said this, a man of faith, 
a man of no strife. This is who this man was. Go to Genesis 14, verse 14. In Genesis 14, verse 14, you're going to find out that it says here, in Genesis 14, you ever feel like you're on a political island? Genesis 14, verse 14. Who was this man? Who was Abraham? This is the man that God said, I know him. Look at Genesis 14, 14. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. Do you you know who this man was in Genesis 14? He was a man that would fight for his family. Not against his family. He would fight for his family. You know what he said? I don't care how much trouble he's in. Let's do all we can do to get them out of trouble. Oh, my friend, listen. When, when, when you are a father, and, and God said this about Abraham, I know he'll command his children and that he will direct his household. What kind of man was this? It was a man that said, yes, sir, what do you want me to do? I'm going to do it, even though he couldn't see it. Even though he didn't know how it was going to turn out. And wives, if I could just beg you, get in behind your husband when he's trying to be spiritual and don't drag him down. Get in there. You say, but pastor, do you have any idea how many times he's been wrong? About as many times as you've been wrong. But guess who answers for this thing? He does. So this this husband, faith in God, no strife with man. He didn't fight with his family. He fought for his family. Then go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 9. This was this kind of man. This is the tale of the first father, Genesis 15, verse 9. And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another. And the birds were, and the birds divided he not. Look at this. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abram did what? Can I use your coat, Kobe? Abram did what? Just give me your coat. I don't need you. I just need your coat. What did, what did Abram do? Do, do you know this, the next thing we need from husbands? We need them to know the importance of sacrifice. No, no, no. This is the Lord's. Get away. Get away. We don't need husbands to go, well, just it'll work itself out. You know, physically, we wouldn't do what we're doing spiritually. Physically, we wouldn't let somebody come to the front door and just open it and you say, oh, oh, no, 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 I don't want to, no, 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 I don't want you to think bad of me. Just take whatever you want. Are you serious? It would be lock and load. And with the women of Texas, men, don't even get out of bed. Because most of the women in this church are packing. There's one lady and, 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 and they're home tonight. Bless her heart. She'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But, 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 but every time, every, every, every time there, there's uh, something going on at the, at the house of God, she'll, she'll pick up her purse and she'll say, I got you covered, Pastor. 
She sits right underneath there. I mean, a special purse. And I don't know what comes out. I think an AK comes out, you know, a shotgun drops out, or it's like five, you know, there are women in here, don't fool with them. But but God bless you husbands. You you say, Pastor, I want to be like Abraham. Then start stepping up and go, no, no, that'll hurt our love for the Lord. And no, 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 turn that off, and let's not do that, and, and, and let's not, no, 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 no. No, we don't want that to happen. And God bless the husbands in this room, because if you're like me, you want God to be pleased, and you understand that we are the living sacrifice. And there are times when life gets tough, but dads, this is not the time to go AWOL, and this is not the time to run to the shadows of life. This is the time to step up and say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and I'm going to be a man of faith, and we're not going to have strife. Let's keep this thing down. No, we're not going to do this to each other. And if y'all are in trouble, I'll come help you out. And then y'all stay away from what is God's. And that's what Abraham did. That's the tale of the first father. I want you to notice the wording. Thank you, Kobe. Notice the wording in Genesis chapter, chapter number 18, verse 19. Look what it says. For I know him that he will, what please? Command. Is that what it says? It says the word what? Command. It didn't say demand. It didn't say degrade. It didn't say threaten. It didn't say be wild and out of control. Guess what it said? Command. Do you know what command means? Command means that you don't check with popular opinion. You step out on what is right with God, and you just simply say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That is which way we're going. How many times do I hear my parents say this? When you get your own house... You can. Always wanted a motorcycle. Always. I, I, I wanted to start out with a moped and work my way up to a big boy bike. One day we're in college and I borrowed Mark Shook's blue Nighthawk. Honda, Honda Nighthawk, is that what that thing was? It's a blue motorcycle. So I borrowed Mark Shook. His brother pastors in North Carolina. And... Uh, so Mark had one, and I said, Mark, Mark, let me borrow your bike, man. So, I, so it was a beautiful day, and, uh, and, and, and I had never ridden a bike. You know, I really didn't understand the dynamics of everything. So I'm on that Nighthawk. They had just opened up that inner loop from my house down by Skinner's all the way to Gilmer Road. And I'm sitting at the corner of Gilmer Road and, and, and uh, the inner loop in Gilmer Road. And I'm sitting there, and I'm on this bike, and I'm like, oh, yeah. My mama in her Buick LeSabre pulls up next to me. And uh, my mama was an ER nurse, and she had seen all these kind of wrecks. And, uh, and, and she had said, Bobby Gray, you never will own a motorcycle as long as you live in this house, and you'll never ride a motorcycle as long as you're in this house. I'm 18. I have turned the tassel. I am in college. I am a man. Nobody can tell me what to do. And so I'm sitting there on that bike, and I'm like, my mama's Buick LeSabre pulls up. And you know how you act like, oh, I hope she doesn't see me. She, neep, neep. she honks at me. The windows come down, and she says, sir, if you see my son on a blue motorcycle, tell him to drop that back off with his friend 
and get home. Rolled back up the window and went right through the thing, right through the light. My mama was like, when you get out of here and you want to act like an idiot and ride a motorcycle, go ahead. If you went up to my mom right now and said, I own a motorcycle, she would go, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. I so badly want a motorcycle. When my mama goes to heaven, I'm getting a motorcycle. And because uh, I promise you, she doesn't get out much, but I, she would show up next to my world. Amen. No, 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 no. I'm going to get one of them old man trikes. And uh, so, anyways, um, so, <laughs> oh, why is everybody looking at Bobby Summerford? And, uh, but, but he didn't demand, he didn't degrade, he didn't threaten, he simply commanded. It's very interesting, this relationship that God had with Abraham, that God could trust Abraham with the future. Look at Genesis chapter 18 and verse 17. In Genesis chapter 18 and verse number 17, on the the precursor for the verse that says, I know him. Look at Genesis 18 verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham, the thing which I do. Oh, husbands, you say, Pastor, why do I really need to live this life of Father Abraham? Want to know why? Because once you get close to Father, to God, then men, I don't know how to explain it, but the Holy Spirit of God will give you insight as a dad. I hate it when people say women are smarter than men. I reject that. I rebel against that. But it's true. It's true. But men, can I tell you what we need? We need a revival of men who walk by faith with God and you spend time with God because when you get close to God and you say, God, I want you to be who, who, who you are, I want you to be everything in my life, then God says like with Abraham, I will do with you and I can't explain it, but God will let you know some things about your family and about your children and then you, you, you're going to be able to step out and you're going to be able to go, no, no. I don't think we need to be doing that. Wives, that is not the time to go, well, I don't know. No, 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 no. Give us some wives who step in. But the reason wives can't be submissive is because sometimes husbands are not Abrahams. Men, if you want your wife to get in tow, become Abraham. And, and, and tell God, God, I want you in my life. I want to be a man of faith. I'm going to operate by the second command, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm going to operate this way. And please listen to this. Our children are at stake. That's the tale of the first husband. Very quickly, the tale of the second husband, which does not need a lot of time. Genesis chapter 19, verse 14. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. You may be the buddy right now, and you may be the poster child for pleasure and fun, but there's going to come a day when the spiritual death or life of your children and your family hangs in the balance and when you step up and try to be spiritual you don't want them to mock 
See, when they're young, they, you tell them what to do. But they spiritually need to know, I got a daddy that's headed that way. I got a daddy who's living for the Lord Jesus Christ. I got a daddy who believes in faith. And he doesn't turn around and check with the family. Now, that was offensive. But that's the only way to live. Because a husband has got to step up. And a husband has got to command, not demand, command. There are some people, they walk through this door right now, you would say, who is that? Who is that? That's cut from a different cloth. And this is what you and I want, husbands. But Lot, Lot was one that mocked. Go to Genesis 13, 7. Let's chronicle how this happened. Genesis chapter 13, verse 7. The end result of Lot's life was not spiritual influence over his children. And what you and I want is spiritual influence. Look what it says there. Genesis 13, 7, this is the strife. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzites dwelled in, then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be what? Brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram was not asking for separation for the sake of anything else but this unity. He said, we're a little bit too close. Let's kind of separate apart. But there's a difference between separating, facing the brethren, and separating, going another direction from the brethren. Because what's getting ready to happen is Lot is getting ready to say, Abram, we be brethren to a bunch of sodomites going, brethren, do not. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, a true test, a true test of if you're Abraham or Lot is who do, who do you pull into that circle of brethren? Who do you put into that inner circle to where you say, no, that's my bro. They may be a friend, but if they're not following your God, they're not a bro. Be kind to them. Be gentle with them. But don't let them have influence over you. That's not isolation talk. That's insulation talk. Because we are no good if we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Abram, Abraham. Now we look at Lot. How, how did Lot become this father who confused? He, instead of, instead of fixing the strife, he went a total different direction. Look at Genesis 13, verse 12. As we continue, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelled in the cities on the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. 
How did this happen? Lot, this father, chose a direction toward wickedness. Men, 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 don't let your wives and daughters step more toward the world. Oh, men, men, don't, don't, don't let them get more worldly. Don't, don't let them in your house begin to say that word. Don't let them in your house begin to dress that way. Don't, don't let them in your house begin to listen to that kind of music. You, you know what Lot said? I'm going to separate for us to get along, and maybe we need to make some adjustments with the family. Lot didn't make adjustments with the family. Lot pitched his tents toward, you can't deny the book unless you're reading from the ESV. He, you, you, he pitched his tent toward Sodom and Gomorrah. And then what happened was this, is he pitched it, and then that's where he headed. When you, you and I start giving credence to the Sodomite lifestyle, and we start giving credence to the world around us, and we give it a free pass, and we give it a pat on the head, instead of stepping up with our family and saying, no, that's wicked. That's wicked. What kind of father are we going to be? Man, confusion can come to the table. The confusion of the family was the fact that normal living was interrupted with a spiritual pleading. Look at Genesis 19.1. And this is the irritation of preachers. And this is why some people, if I were to announce my text, some people would not have come back tonight and they would have gotten a migraine and a headache. And sometimes people do have those things. I get it. But ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. That when you live this way, God in his infinite wisdom is going to interrupt your world to save you. And this is what he did. Genesis 19.1. And there came two, what please? Angels. Do you know what God in his infinite wisdom is going to do? Is even if you are making the wrong moves, he sends a preacher into your life like tonight to say, don't live this way, dads. And there came two angels. But oh, look at the sadness of this. This is Lot in Sodom who just a chapter ago, two chapters ago, was like, well, well, I'll just look. I'll, I'll pitch my tent towards Sodom. And their children said, Daddy, which way are we headed? We've always lived with Uncle Abraham. These were our brethren. And now chapters later, do you know who their brethren are? Sodomites. Queers. Gay people. Men who wanted men. So well, that's not true. Verse 3. Verse 2, and he said, Behold, now my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house. Talk to the two angels, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they laid down, look at the neighborhood. The men of the city... Even the men of Sodom compassed the house round about, 
both old and young, and all people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know him. Don't run from the text. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after them. Lot had become unattractive to the men of the city. This blows my mind. And said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. But look at verse 8. I don't get it, y'all. How many right now, you men, are shaking your head like I am at this verse? I don't get it. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes, only unto these men do nothing. Every time I read that verse, do you know who I think about? Not Lot, not the wicked men, not the angel, but those two girls that are listening to their daddy outside the door. And they're saying, we're virgins. Surely he wouldn't do that to us. Did you hear what dad just said? Dad is going to, dad's going to throw us out there. Why should your virgins have to pay for your choice of where you want to live? Men, why should your virgins have to pay because you're spiteful and you want drama and you just love to pontificate? Oh, my brethren, we may not get along close, so let's kind of get our distance but getting our distance for the sake of unity has nothing to do with heading out there to the world. And on this Father's Day, these tale of these two fathers. And Lot didn't wake up until verse 12. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-laws and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. Look at it. For we will, we will what? You know, the only time Lot responded is when he went destroy. Like destruction. Like you're going to destroy this. And it was at that point Lot said, oh my goodness, we got we, we to fix this. Listen, listen, if you're going to father like Lot, you will come to a point where you're going to want to fix what you've allowed all these years. And the only thing that's going to happen is, is that your children go, like, really, Dad? Like, now you get religion? Like, now you care who I hang around? Like, now you care. You didn't care back then. You didn't care when you let me dress how I wanted to dress. You didn't care when you let me do whatever I want to do, go to any party I want to go, and just case sarah, sarah, watch whatever you want, live however you want, just love the Lord. You didn't care. But now there's destruction's coming, Come on now. Now, now that 
I may be, now you want to get righteous? And that's why he said that they were one is mocked. The confusion. He said, we're going to destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Verse 14, and Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and set up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. Look at verse 15. And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. The wife turns into a pillar of salt in verse 26. The girls continue an immoral lifestyle in verse 31 and verse number 32. So despicable. And we've heard it said often that Lot took his family out of Sodom but never took Sodom out of his family. Oh, my friend, sir, you're either going to father like Abraham or father like Lot. You're either going to husband like Abraham or you're going to husband like Lot. I've just given you the tale of both men. Let me give you six game plans in rapid succession. Every husband, father, must let God make you a man of faith. If you're not a man of faith and you're living by sight, Let God make you a man of faith. Come beg, God make me. Second, every husband, father must decide what is right and lead your family there. Decide it. Third, every husband, father must take a biblical position on every issue. Biblical position. Every husband, father must speak of the Lord as the reason for living. No longer are you the litmus test. I'm the father. I'm the husband. That's okay when you sign your tax return. But that's not okay when it comes to why you're doing what you do. Where in this Bible? Number five, I won't give you number six. Number five, every husband, father, must focus on what is spiritually best for their family, not what is physically best for their family. This world is passing away. And once this world has been burnt to the ground, oh, listen, men, we're either leading like Abraham or we're leading like Lot. Your pastor has chosen to be a father and a husband like Abraham. And I will do the best I can. And if doing the best I can means that it costs some things, then I still am going to be like Father Abraham. Because I've seen how it turns out with lots. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here anything just to be a preacher and be like them angels coming down, sir. And just saying, get out get out. Please get out. And husbands, fathers, please, the blessings that can come your way, if you'll just make up your mind. I said it in my prayer and I mean it. And I'm five minutes past where I like to be. May you young husbands that have little children, may you realize the value of being Abraham. 
And you young married men that have no children yet, may you realize the value of being Abraham. It's tough when you're raising teenagers to stay Abraham. And here's why. Because you don't know the world your teenager lives in. Stay close to the blessings. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.